With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on OffTheHookSports.com. I compute and obey. Now, today, Hooker. Ready. Well, that was something. As we discussed last night on our post-game edition of the show, first of all, good morning to you and yours. In case you slept in a cave last night, Tennessee lost in the Sweet 16 to Florida Atlantic. Monstrous scoring drought. And the Vols find what's close to being a pretty magical run. End with a solid run in beating Duke. But at the end of the day, this Tennessee basketball team is what we thought they were. I can't remember who said that. I think it was Denny. It was, it was a coach. It was a coach for the Vikings at the time. But they are what we thought they were. Yes. Denny Green. Yes. Uh, Tennessee this, is. This, this is for Ron. This is for Ron Slay. Yeah. T- Tennessee is what we thought they were. And that is a defensive team prone to long scoring droughts and unable to just up and manufacture so we'll get your thoughts if you want to post them on the message board now greatly appreciate that love for you to interact are you completely upset just kind of perturbed uh, is this just the way that college basketball works it is a tournament sport so we'll just get your thoughts uh, off the get and also on the program schedule to have fred white it's a football friday with uh, fred And we'll go ahead and get rolling right now with, 
what the H? And it's brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Han. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Han. I'll tell you more. What the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. I'm going to ask this in a strange way, Caleb, so work with me. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han will provide you with fantastic eye care. I've got my LASIK, no glasses, no contacts, love it, can see far away, can see close up. That is Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han, and their local can't beat them. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han, cataract surgery as well. They've got the local eye care centers that will take care of you. It's a game changer. I'll tell you that. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Oh, what the H? Um, the, the scoring drought in the beginning of the second half, I, I, I want to ask you at a really base level, what was Rick Barnes thinking? Okay, because the reason I want to ask it like that is because I understand that he likes for his players to overcome scoring droughts and overcome tough times. And I think at the end, if you do that in January, it makes you a better team in March, makes you player led, which is good. But this is the sweet 16. If you're ever going to break from your pattern, that's the time to do it. Call a TO. So what the H, what was Rick Barnes thinking, not calling the timeout in that brutal Florida Atlantic? run that ended up putting the balls down by a couple of scores and was the difference in the game. What was Rick Barnes thinking? I think his, yeah, I think his thinking was exactly what you just brought up. I think it's, he wanted to play through the bad run. That's his philosophy. Rick Barnes, we've seen a lot. We'll talk about this more in the second block, but everything about his philosophy was on display last night. And it doesn't matter how, disproven of a philosophy it is in basketball he's committed to it tennessee shot 11 mid-range shots yesterday florida atlantic shot three i mean how many times have i dave how many times on the show have i gone in and ranted about these mid-range shots the worst shot by the way is when your foot is on the three-point line and you know it's on the three-point line and you still take the shot it's the dumbest shot you can take in basketball and tennessee took one of those shots yesterday well and and you're not you're not preaching anything extraordinary out of the ordinary. I mean, basically what we're talking about is universal. The best shot is a made three. The second best shot is a drive to the basket and an and one. The worst shot is the mid range two. So we're not, we're not Oppenheimer here splitting the atom. I mean, we're basically pointing out what is considered nowadays. It, it wasn't in the early two thousands. I thought that, you know, Bruce Pearl and some other coaches, they dictated that style, and now it is the style. And this is not—it's not groundbreaking stuff at all, Caleb. To the message board, um, Billy Bob says unacceptable loss. Butch Jones could do better. Ouch! Fred said UT. Ooh, Ooh. they could do without a true point guard. Great season, beat multiple high-end teams, and made the Sweet Sixteen. Remember, three hundred forty D one teams didn't take their place. My take. There. Fred also says fans are never happy. So let me let me play the other side uh, here here in a bit. And I think that that Tennessee is is fortunate in a lot of ways to have Rick Barnes. We could argue if he's, they're going to be fortunate moving forward. But in particular, that game 
um, signifies just a lapse in judgment in clutch time that you should call that timeout. I mean, for goodness sake, Twitter, I think timeout Tennessee was trending on Twitter at one point, and they just didn't do that. And I, I don't know that if, if in the same position, if in the Sweet 16 a year from now against UCF, another Florida directional school, and Rick Barnes is the coach, and they've managed to make the Sweet 16, do you think he would handle anything differently? No. I mean, not not really at all. <laughs> Even a surprise. Um, look, I, I have to say this. Um, you're right about the timeout. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit further. I don't think Rick Barnes oftentimes calls timeouts during these stretches because I don't think Rick Barnes has that many plays offensively that he draws up. He doesn't have a surefire too. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. And, and you talked about this with Bruce Pearl all the time. The genius of Bruce Pearl was the inbound. Bruce Pearl lived and died to make sure he always had to play off an inbounds pass, always. And I, I don't. And I'm sure he always had to play after a timeout. I don't think Rick. This isn't to say Rick Barnes can't make adjustments. We saw this last week. Duke went to his own because they were in foul trouble, and immediately he goes, "Hey, Olivier, just start taking shots from the free throw line. They're not going to guard you." And he did it, and Olivier went off. That was. That was great coaching. So it's, this isn't to say that Rick Barnes doesn't make adjustments. It is to say that he doesn't make complex offensive adjustments throughout the game. And there's a difference. I, I want to point this out, Dave, because we talked last week. Was there a little work in the rest yesterday? Yes. There were some ticky-tack fouls called early. I'll be the first. I, I will admit that Tennessee probably could be upset about some of those ticky-tack fouls. But, but that would have most likely benefited FAU center Golden. He had three points yesterday. They shot 8 of 27 from three, which is below average for them. That's literally Tennessee's formula to win. And they couldn't win because their offense was so horrid because they only scored 65, or, I'm sorry, 55 points. This had nothing to do with anything about tiki tack fouls or their defense. Their defense played fine yesterday. I don't know if you thought, I thought the defense was fine yesterday. I think it was just their offense was awful. I think the defense is always good. Um, SC scout guy who I believe is a South Carolina fan said, honestly, I would be really happy with Rick Barnes as the coach of my school. We have five NCAA appearances in 40 years. I mean, that's the other factor that you got to, you got to weigh in there. Tennessee's had coaches that propped their feet up more soap operas during the game. Tennessee has had basketball coaches that left practice early so they could go play golf. Please hit that thumbs up button. And but help wait, SC scout guy. Sorry. You guys also have a final four, something Tennessee doesn't have. Mm, that's a good point. Um, go ahead. But which would you rather have? Would you rather make the final four 30 out of 40 years? I'm sorry, make the uh, NCAA tournament 30 out of 40 years or make the NCAA tournament five and make the final four once? Let me ask you it another way. Would you have rather been a Braves fan in the nineties and two thousands or a Marlins fan? Marlins got two more world series. (laughs) I don't know. That's, uh, would you rather be Utah, the, the Utah jazz or the Portland trailblazers? Or would you rather be, I don't know, the Houston Rockets, who got a couple of titles when Michael Jordan retired, but Utah and Portland were in it for 25 years and never won anything. You could say Buffalo Bills, San Francisco 49ers of the 90s. The Niners just won one, but somehow they're kind of thought of as one of the great teams in the NFL in the 90s. The Bills made it four straight. I mean, that's pretty darn impossible. Yeah. But we're, think- we're, we are comparing apples to pears and apples to oranges to some extent because – they're not going to – the Final Four to me is analogous to winning a championship in football or making the college football playoff championship game. So – but you're not 
the Bills did that four years in a row. You're not that. I mean, you're not even close to that. And, again, the Braves, they won one championship. Tennessee's not close to that. What's that? In a strike-shortened season. Right. But at this point, I think Tennessee fans would take anything and the base level. I mean, they would take a – if it's if we're talking Final Four, if we're talking Tennessee two years ago made the Final Four, we're not even having this discussion. This is just the repeat of the shortcoming in the NCAA tournament. Losing to a lower seed every single year. I, well, yes, and that's that's Rick Barnes' style. And a losing record now, I believe, in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Travis says, I don't know enough about basketball for sure, but I would have benched Key after his fifth missed shot and definitely stopped their run with a T.O. What would you – would you have benched Key at that point? I mean, the thing with Tyreek Key is even he's been awful offensively ever since SEC play, but his perimeter defense is there. And the thing you couldn't afford was for Florida Atlantic to go off shooting from three. Um, I, I agree that Tyreek Key is probably the worst abuser of inefficient shots, but his length and his size and his strength, I mean, he's he's the type of perimeter defender you want in – between him and Jemai Meshack, you need one of them on the court at, at, at all times, I think. Hey, Candace, thanks for that uh, comment. Let's get a thumbs up from everybody. Smash the like button. Barnes offense reminds me of Miles at LSU. He recruits elite athletes, but then handcuffs them with this slow down half court philosophy. The difference I would make is that Miles is recruiting or was recruiting a lot of elite, speedy athletes. There's this Euro fill, the Tennessee's program, that is not speedy. I mean, it is not. <laughs> Not quick whatsoever. Uh, John Barnes said, has some brain cells. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Barnes saying Barnes is 69 this July. It is time for a new coach. We have plenty of money. We may dip a few years. But my stomach can't handle more of Barnes. Uh, and then SC Scout guy says, honestly, the Final Four was great. But, man, it really stinks going decades without sniffing the tournament and watching everyone else have their fun in March rooting for their teams. That is a great point. So if I could tell Tennessee fans, you can be in the tournament every year for the next 20 years, and you may make uh, the Elite Eight, but you'll make the Sweet 16 five of those 20 years, or you can only make the tournament five years and make the Final Four once in the next 20 years. What do you think most people would take? I'm really not sure. It stinks not being involved in it. My question is this: Do you is the is the national championship on the table with that final four? No, I'm capping it. No, then yeah, I say take the NCAA tournament in the next twenty years. If you say you'll make it five, but you'll get a national title out of it, because the ultimate goal is always the national title. The ultimate goal is always the national title. And I say this with with the Giants. People, are, there's a debate about whether or not drafting Eli Manning really worked out for the Giants. I'm like, they were awful for Eli Manning most of their career, but he got to two Super Bowls. I mean, they were, they were they were terrible the rest of the time, but those two playoff runs made Eli Manning worth it. <laughs> well, and one was the luckiest catch in the history of man, but I don't even want to get into that. That was the <laughs> dumbest play. To be one of the all-time NFL greats, that one really, really frustrates me. Portions of the program brought to you by Zul Beer, xulbeer.com, the official craft beer of Off the Hook Sports, zulbeer.com. They have worldwide award-winning craft beer and great parking in downtown. You don't get that from just everybody. Hit that thumbs-up button. We greatly appreciate that. It is time for today's Tough Questions, brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Today's Tough Question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. 
All right, this is for Caleb. And I want to hear it on the message board. And then I'm going to go to our poll question, which is on Twitter. Feel free to take part in that. Today's tough question brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. 40 years of experience in his office. Best prices, best service. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Best realtor in Knoxville, period. End of discussion. You can go to AndyMasonRealEstate.com and get that all taken care of. And people are still moving a lot of houses. So get in that real estate market. Call AndyMasonRealEstate.com. All right. Can Tennessee do better than Rick Barnes? That is a question I have. And uh, fill me up on the message board there. I want to see what you have to say. As for our Twitter uh, poll question, which is <clears throat> slightly the same, but a little bit different. Um, let's go with this. And that is to pull it up and I've lost it. Uh, oh, there we go. All right. So this is a little bit surprising. Thoughts on Vols losing in the Sweet 16. Okay. Option one, great job, Rick Barnes. Option two, same old Rick. Option three, replace Rick Barnes. Where would you think without looking that the percentages fall on that, Caleb? I would say same old Rick is number one. Same old Rick is number two with 37%. Great job, Rick Barnes, at 56%. Replace Rick Barnes what? just at seven. What? I, I know, and but this happens. Th- th- this happens. A lot of times, if you're closer to it, where Uber fans are and people who cover it that we are, we can be more reactive at times. So the question is ultimately, do you think Tennessee can do better than Rick Barnes? That's our question. We put the poll question out on the Twitter. John says, are they drunk? Well, I hope not at this point in the morning. Maybe later. It is Friday. Maybe they're drunk from last night. Yeah, I mean, we've all woken up drunk before. Let's just... <laughs> yes. Um, John says his style has gone the way of the dodo bird. Okay, so... <laughs> is going on with that dodo word all right caleb so can tennessee do better than uh, rick barnes yes because they have danny white i know you think i'm just obsessed with danny white but i think danny white is the best hirer of coaches in all of basketball i think his brother in all of sports excuse me i think his brother is a pretty good hire too his brother brian white found dusty may yesterday at florida at florida atlantic Maybe Danny White found a guy he could poach from his brother. And I mean, I'm just saying there is a lot of good coaches out there. And I think because if this were Philip Fulmer, if this were Dave Hart, if this were Mike Hamilton, if this were John Curry, gosh, there were a lot of Tennessee, there were a lot of Tennessee athletic directors the last 10 years. Tennessee coaches as well. Yeah, exactly. Heck, even if there were any of them, I'll leave, if there were Joan Cronin as the interim athletic director, and I got a lot of respect for Joan Cronin, but I'm just saying if there were any of them, I say keep keep Rick Barnes. I think Danny White is a special talent at finding and scouting coaches. He's a genius. And because of that, it's kind of like with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. The only reason you trust the Packers to move on from Aaron Rodgers is because they actually have a track record of moving on from Hall of Fame quarterbacks and having success. So they you you trust them to do that. You wouldn't trust other schools to move on, other NFL teams to move on from Aaron Rodgers. I trust Danny White to be able to find somebody better than Rick Barnes. And let's point this out because everybody wants to be like, oh, great job, Rick Barnes, Sweet 16 run. Rick Barnes got to the Sweet 16 this year because of something I said at the start of the NCAA tournament. And as critical as I was, I said this. Tennessee had the best 
matchup draw you could ever ask for in this tournament. They got to the Sweet 16. They even had another gift laid out for them to get to the Elite Eight, which was the number one seed Purdue Boilermakers lost in the first round. Tennessee had the red carpet to the Elite Eight, and they still couldn't get there. Caleb, you're so, so wrong. Oh, Lord. And here's why. I'm just – this is the truth. Tennessee is a football school. Every – and one of our posters, SEC scout guys, said, I think they could potentially do better by finding a small coach like a Nate Oates, et cetera, but I don't think Tennessee is a destination basketball job. He's right. And he said that I don't think that's the case of most of the schools in the SEC. He's right. So I don't think that Tennessee – I would do better if they went out and hired a coach. First of all, I don't want any of Nate Oates because I will take whatever Alabama run they make, I would take Tennessee and not getting in trouble and be involved in a shooting that leads to a murder. Um, so I'll just go ahead and say that right now. I think the integrity of the program, especially when you're at a football school, means something. I think that's why you saw Nick Saban speak up and say something that matters in his recruiting. He doesn't want basketball players out there shooting people. And so I I am, I I don't think Tennessee could do better. I think the names that'll get thrown out there, like Mark few. Okay. Mark few is not leaving Gonzaga. I know that that sounds weird to people, but Gonzaga is a as good or better of a basketball school than Tennessee. Right. It is. Yeah, I mean, now you wouldn't have said that in the mid-major days 20 years ago because they were struggling to get to that point, but they've gotten to that point. So you're not going to get them. Well, Mark, you look, is from that area. He doesn't want to leave that area. Yeah, he doesn't. So, And th- there was the old argument where you could bring in a uh, a Bruce Pearl again after his show cause. Well, he's pretty cemented I- at Auburn. Uh, could you pull a Jay Wright off the television set? I don't think so. I don't think Tennessee has the panache of a basketball school just to call up people and hire them. I think of the SEC football coaches, if Josh Heupel said, I'm going to the NFL, I'm dying to make that move. I think Tennessee could walk into all but three or four of the athletic departments and coaches' homes in the SEC and hire away a football coach. I think they could. I think Tennessee is a destination job in football. But as SC Scout guy points out, it's not a destination job in basketball. So if, if you go out and you get somebody great, you're Iona and you just lost Rick Patino. And that puts you in a whole different predicament. And the bottom line is it's a fundamental thing. Caleb, I talk about Tennessee's offense is a program-wide thing. This is a fundamental thing. Basketball coaches are never going to feel fully appreciated at Tennessee's. I don't think you can do better than Rick Barnes, who has, what, 700 wins and has has made one Final Four and who has a Hall of Fame career. I don't think you can do better than Rick Barnes. Yeah, I, I think you can. You're the one who pointed out Tennessee should never settle because Tennessee has so many resources. I think the – Oh, but I slept under- since then. Sorry? But I slept since then. The feeling underappreciated – comment i feel like came more from the kevin o'neill jerry green years and i feel like they just were making excuses for being terrible <laughs> and i'm just gonna say that they just they're making excuses for not being good at their jobs uh, kevin o'neill was a good recruiter but there was some shadiness in his recruiting and he was a terrible coach awful coach and jerry, he at least worked hard jerry green like as you pointed out was just lazy and needed a fallback but 
I don't buy that. I covered Tennessee, and you did too, when Bruce Pearl was there, and they loved Bruce Pearl. I've never seen a coach more beloved than Bruce Pearl. And you're telling me there's not a coach out there at one of these other smaller NCAA tournament schools that runs an offense that hasn't been figured out yet that would just be openly embraced by Tennessee. Well, and but we talked about this last night. The basketball community would not like it if you parted ways with Rick Barnes. I mean, ideally, if you're looking to make this change, he says it's time to retire. Uh, John says uh, Davis bumped his head. Don't worry about it. Travis says Alabama killing it under Nate Oates. Travis, yes, that is too soon. That's the type of dude I don't want. John says, then why do we have so many good sports teams, Dave? That's true. Uh, John points out baseball, softball, tennis, soccer. Now, baseball was not a Danny White hire. No. Um, Actually, the only one was football. Yeah. So, Candace says Barnes has got the program in a really great spot to be able to attract a more modern top coach. Eight years ago, no way, but now the program is so stable that it might be worth looking around soon. Candace, I'm I'm with you. Great point. I'm with you. I can roll there. But if you strike out and you're not even in the tournament, then in the next couple of years, people are going to be upset about that. And they should be because Tennessee should be a tournament team no matter who their coach is. And uh, John says, thank you, Caleb. So everybody's behind you. SC Scout guy says, I think Caleb is right that you could potentially do better than Rick Barnes. But for the reasons Dave gave you, you would not have that coach for long. An elite basketball school would steal them. How many programs, how many athletic departments – are elite in both for a long period of time. Florida was for a couple of years. Tennessee was for a couple of years. I'm, I mean, competing for championships, national titles. How many schools out there are great at basketball and football at the same time for a long duration? Give me one. I mean, you're right. Not a long duration. I, I can't think of one that's great for a long period of time. I mean, I would say that Texas had, a, funny enough, with Rick Barnes had a period in the mid-2000s where – they won a national championship with Vince Young in 2005, and then they made the Final Four in 2003, 2005, and 2008. So just kind of that that the, the Final Four 2003, Elite Eight 2006 or 2008, excuse me. But so I would say maybe maybe Texas during that run. But but you're right, Tennessee was the closest with man like 97 to 99, back to back SEC championships in football, a national championship, top 10 in basketball, national championship in women's basketball. That was probably the best period for Tennessee when they were great in all three. I, well, and, and and don't forget the yeah. I mean, they were the Lady Balls. That was that was the golden times. I remember somebody saying that at the time, and me thinking, eh, no, it'll always be like that. It's not. No, no. <laughs> uh, John says my point for the different sports was that Dave said this was a football only school for sports. I didn't say football only. I said football. I think I said football dominant. I don't. I don't mean there. There are plenty of resources to go out there and win at a high level in each and every sport. I yeah but okay football dominant is relative because yes it's Tennessee football dominant. Yes, they are absolutely a football dominant school. I would say at the same time though they are more into basketball than your average football dominant school. Look, when when Florida was winning back-to-back national titles, Tennessee was filling a larger arena more than Florida was during that time. I think Tennessee has the best basketball fans in the SEC that aren't wearing blue. I believe that. I think they're, I think Tennessee has a rich basketball heritage, but I don't think it's as rich 
as some of the blue buds like North Carolina, Duke. And I don't think they took advantage of some television money about 15, 20 years ago when Gonzaga and some other programs went from mid-major to, hey, we're for real. Because let's face it, I mean, Gonzaga is not a mid-major anymore. That term's just totally overused. If you're spending 10, 12, 15 million dollars on football a year, you ain't a mid-major. Yeah, no, you, you mean basketball with Gonzaga? Oh, yes, basketball, excuse me, yes. Yeah, no, but Gonzaga is, no, they're not a mid-major, neither is Villanova. But the, the, the thing with these programs is, I think that what they understand is, I don't even think, in Marquette, I don't even think they have football programs, right? They at least don't have Division One football programs, I know that. And right. Because I, I, I know from the other angle, having covered Memphis sports for a long time, the Tigers, you know, the Tigers tried to have a Division One football program and wanted to be great in basketball, and Tommy West, when they fired Tommy West in football, Tommy West was like, either invest in the football program or do away with it because there's no point in having a football program if you're not going to invest in it. Caleb, look at Duke. David Cutcliffe won games there, made them bowl eligible. Were the stands ever filled? No. I watched a lot because I like David on a personal level. I never saw the stands filled. I never saw this great uprising of Duke fans that are super excited for for football. No, and Duke is funny enough. There were stories where in the 90s and the 2000s that they they the only reason they had a football program is because they were in the ACC and they had to. They didn't want to have a football program. Now, this is going to leave Duke out. I think when we talk about mega conferences in the future, I think Duke's going to be on the, on the outside looking in. It's going to be hilarious when Duke's a mid-major basketball program because I don't think they are worth investing in because of how little they put into their football program. And they put very little into it. It depends. I think it depends on what a conference wants to weigh. I if if the SEC were to add two more teams, I've argued Duke, North Carolina, because I know the SEC wants North Carolina. Duke would make you the best basketball conference as well, along with Kentucky and North Carolina. But if you're talking about a mega conference for football, then no Dukes. I'd rather add Virginia Tech than Duke all day, every day. I want to. I, w- I think Virginia Tech has better fans. They're a better brand. They fill the football stadium. Virginia Tech or Virginia? Which one's better to you? I think Virginia Tech. Definitely. I actually like West Virginia better than Virginia, but I would take Virginia Tech of those three. Yeah, I would take Virginia. West Virginia is very underrated. If you go there, it feels like you're at an SEC school. Oh, yeah. it's it's West Virginia is tricky because TV market, there's no TV market for West Virginia because you can't even get into the Pittsburgh market because that's where Pitt is. And so that's a problem. And so that's why the ACC won't even add them. Um, we had Euros dominated Golden talking about the game last night, and the refs bought every single one of his flops. But I will tell I mean, that's you not should flop, you should flop. And after the first flop, I, I thought that Euros should have been more mindful of that. And the bottom line is, he can't just go up and score, he has to go towards the basket and score. He can't jump straight up and shoot over you. So a lot to get to remind you craft treats, craft treats.com. Use the promo code off the hook sports off the hook sports. I'm sorry. It's just off the hook and you can get 20% off those CBD uh, chill pills that will help your pet with anxiety. will help your pet with digestive issues or also how about arthritis? I'll take care of that too. Craft you give me two minutes, I give you a football Friday with Fred, Fred White. But again, go to crafttreats.com, use the promo code off the hook. Fred's up next. Here we go, off the hook. Family has been creating jewelry since 1986, each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. 
We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Inflation has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at CCTIs.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You're listening to The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of offthehooksports.com. The internet is full of pictures of each and every one of you. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off The Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Is there nothing you people can't do? Also available on offthehooksports.com. Welcome back. Let's get right to it. A football Friday with Fred. Fred White joins us now. He's got his orange on. And if you're in the state of Georgia, he can take care of you when it comes to insurance. He's all state. Fred, how do we get in touch with you? And good morning. Dave, they can. Good morning, guys. They can reach us. 
at 770-381-0367. You can also look us up online at fredwhiteallstate.com. Um, thank you for the intro, Dave. Yeah, you're easy to find. So just uh, Google Fred White Allstate and you'll be able to find him. And Fred, last night was a, a disappointing loss for the Vols. Um, did, did you stay up and watch the game? What did you think of uh, Tennessee dropping to Florida Atlantic in the Sweet 16? You know, I'm, I'm glad we've gone as far as, far as we did. Um, losing Zakai, I think this was the first game we really felt it, and it was in the tournament, you know. Um, some of those games down the stretch that we lost, he was still a part of. But when we lost him, I could tell there was a difference and it was a shift. However, we needed his quickness tonight. And last night, we needed his quickness. We didn't get it. Because, you know, he, he is that piece that kind of slows down that fast pace of another team because of how hard he guards and those type of things and what he can do with the ball in his hand as far as, you know, distributing. Um, those shots weren't as easy to come by. Even though this was a smaller team, they actually out-rebounded us as well. So... I mean, I think we did a good job of getting to the Sweet 16. But I just told someone last night, I said, if we if we make it past this point, it would be a surprise to me because we're doing this without our front guard. That's tough, too. Was there was there ever a position or a time in – you're known as strong safety, one of, the, one of the best to play at Tennessee in the SEC in that era. Was there ever a time where – Either Dion was out or maybe a corner was out and Steve Johnson or whatever the case may be, uh, Dwayne Goodrich, where you had to play another position that you weren't as comfortable with because it just looked like Santiago Vescovi was not comfortable bringing the ball up the whole night and the whole tournament. I've never had that situation, but I've had to, you know, go into nickelback, go to linebacker, and that's a different type of uh, position as well. So, I mean, it's, it's different. Um, the one thing we always knew, though, we knew each other's limitations. And that's, you know, you knew it. This guy, he doesn't need to build an island by himself. He's going to need inside help. Well, this guy can leave him by himself. He'll be fine. Um, those are things you learn about your teammates throughout the year. And I think those guys kind of knew what they had and who they have, you know. But I will say this. Speed-wise, those guys were fast. They were quick. Yeah. They haven't lost a lot of basketball games. They're thirty-four and three for a reason. That's a good basketball. That's a really good basketball team. I thought so too, and t- it made Tennessee look slow at times. It, really. it, yeah, yeah, they made us look slow. But like I said, Zakai changes that because of his quickness and his speed. It makes us look faster. Without having him, we don't look as fast. I know you ran track. Did you play ball as well as you play basketball? Yep, I did. Best dunk you could throw down. Just a one hand hammer. <laughs> one hand hammer. That's all you need is the one hand <laughs> hammer. Hey, a dunk is a dunk. It's two points. I ain't trying to do anything else. I'm good. <laughs> I just, I, I love a one handed hammer in my day. At some point in my 49 years, <laughs> Caleb, go ahead. Uh, Fred, before I ask the question, I gotta say. Some some good news for for all the Vol fans in Atlanta. Um, you know, two weeks ago they got to go to the Taylor Swift dance party, like I talked about. 
but <laughs> but tonight apparently didn't hear about it again. <laughs> but, but, but tonight Brian McKnight is in Atlanta, and that's perfect if you're depressed. If you're depressed, you can go see Brian McKnight and just be like, doo, 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 doo. Okay. yeah. His, I have his, no idea his, what his song, music you're talking his, about. His the one song he's gonna be singing for all the Tennessee fans start us back at one. Yeah, we got a whole new season to go. <laughs> hey man, good job. Hey, start you back at one. Yes, exactly. Back. Next year, start over. Um, Fred, do you ever look back? Uh, because we were just talking before you came on air about how much of a golden age it was, not just for Tennessee football in the mid nineties, but just Tennessee athletics. Because you're four to five years there. Tennessee basketball won the SEC regular season title your last year there and made the Sweet 16. The Lady Vols won three straight national titles, should have won four straight national titles. You Ooh. guys won a national title. Do you ever look back and think, wow, I was part of the best athletic period by far in Tennessee history? Oh, we think about it all the time. We talk about it. <laughs> yeah. The older you get, I mean, you started pre- – we didn't appreciate that back then. We expected that to that, – that's what we expected every year, watching, you know – um, Smeeka Hostler, Smeeka Ketchum, Smeeka Randall, those girls. We expect them to win championships, but we also expect to win our own. Um, track, won SEC championship in track indoor, 1995, our freshman year. So, like, we were good in almost every sport, and we expected it, but we didn't realize who we were actually on campus with until we got older. You know what I mean? Like, when you, I showed someone some pictures last night. I was like, yeah, that's Smeeka Hostler. And they were, they were looking at me like, like, Y'all know each other? Like, like, yeah, I went to college with her. We came in the same year. You know, that's she's a really good friend. But it's, I, I guess we overlooked those things when we were younger because we didn't know any better. But now you look back and you see what type of impact those people had on whatever sport they played or, you know, some major point of, point of life. Um, Candace Parker, she didn't go to school with me, but I know her. She's on TV every day. You know what I mean? So we went through an era of Tennessee where, we had some of the best of the best doing it, and they're still doing very well. I go back to that period, and somebody said that this is the golden, age, the golden age of Tennessee athletics. And I thought, no, you're, you're. This is. I thought the same way you did. This is just the way it rolls. But you look at that 2001 season; they almost stumbled into the national championship game. Um, I think a lot of that is what you guys. Um, and I'm not just saying this because you're on, but the foundation that you laid that football was dominant, not just in the 98 season, but throughout the 90s, which brings me back to at the at the, the end of the day, Tennessee's a football school. And I think everything's going to kind of fall in line behind that, including basketball. When, when football is good, doesn't it make everything else a little bit easier? Well, let me say this now. OK, yeah, it should because the money flows a lot better. When football is good. The economy is, in Knoxville is amazing. Um, and most of Tennessee is amazing because the balls are winning. Um, <laughs> but I can recall a stretch where I've been in, been in Knoxville and I was in school and our basketball team was not up to par because then our football team had been rolling for a while. So, well, but it brought they did, it they along. Did get there. It brought it along. They did get there. But it was Fred, like, I remember. They, they were like the stepchild for a minute. There, you can say redheaded stepchild. I've got red hair. Both, <laughs> my, both my parents are remarried. That's fine. Um, but I can remember being on campus in the mid-90s. I think I'm a little bit older than you. Um, so my first year was 92. And you weren't even sure there was a basketball game going on. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how bad they were at times. So don't 
I think people need to remember that because we've got a lot of people calling for Rick Barnes's job. I mean, that seems like, I don't know. Does well, that seem too strong or about right to you? I, it's hard for me to say that. I like I like Rick Barnes. I, and I will never in my life call for someone to be fired. I know what it feels like to get fired. So I don't want... I don't want that. I don't want that feeling for no one. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not calling for him to get fired. I think he's been probably one of the best things that's ever happened basketball wise to the University of Tennessee. Bruce Pearl, I think, is one of those reasons Tennessee's known in basketball. But I think he took it to another level, and you know, he's got some of the top players in the country to come to Tennessee, and some guys who probably would have never even looked at Tennessee. Um, do I think the game is changing? I think the game is changing. I think whoever wins this championship this year, pay attention to how their coaching style is, because that's what's winning over right now. You got a you got a FAU team that has a coach that's young and knows his game, and he's he's coaching them boys the right way. They play a different brand of basketball. You look at the University of Miami; that's another team that's left. They play tonight. They play a different brand of basketball. They're fast. They're long. They're athletic. I mean. The game is changing that way. Houston, one of the top rated schools there is, they played a, a fast-paced game too. Like just like we saw a change in the game with football, how it went from three yards in a cloud of dust and now everyone throws it all over the place. Basketball is coming along the same way. And those teams that are winning championships are the ones that can get up and down the foot up and down the court and they can play a ninety-something feet of defense. And if you can do those things, we do a great job of that part of it. But I like to, I like for them to see them. I would like to see him let them just go play in the tournament as opposed to coaching them so hard as the season. You know, he, he coaches hard all season. But once you get to the tournament, let them always play some. That's, just a, that, that's the only gripe I have. And I know he's a coach. He knows what more basketball than I've even thought about in my life, in my lifetime. He dreams it at night. So he got more basketball in his middle finger than I, you know, than I have in my brain. So I, I, well, A lot of fans are giving him the middle of the finger this morning. No, I, I, I'll say this about this basketball team. I'm surprised we made it this far without a point guard. I am anyone, who, anyone, anyone who understands NCAA, NCAA basketball, the team that wins the championship usually has their point guard, and their point guard is usually what, you know, drive, that driving force to win the championship. I mean, you just go back as far as you want to go, and it's always about the point guard. You can go back last night, K-State. Yeah. yeah that, that, that kid. Yeah, they just had an incredible. You game. got good guard playing in the, in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in this tournament. If you got good guard playing in the, in the tournament, you got a chance to win it. We got good guard play, but we were missing our top point guard. That's that's hard to win with it. Fred's appearance brought to you in part by City Heating and Air Conditioning. Cityheatandair.com. Over fifty years of experience in Knoxville. Integrity matters. You may not need a whole new unit when the weather changes. You may just need an adjustment here or there. City Heating and Air Conditioning. Cityheatandair.com. Please hit that thumbs up button, the like button. We greatly appreciate that. As uh, Fred, nice enough to join us, we're going to play some four downs. But first, Caleb, do you have something else? Yeah, Fred, I, I wanted to uh, actually wanted to. I, I meant to ask this to you a couple weeks ago, and I just forgot. Um, I wanted to know your thoughts on. I don't know if you know Dave and I more me, but but we both kind of laid into Nick Saban about his complaints recently about the tempo of college football, and because it, it seemed like a direct shot at Tennessee. But I wanted to know your thoughts because I know you're a defensive guy and you've talked about how the rules changes are all benefiting the offense. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself agreeing with 
Nick Saban or does the former Vol on you say Nick Saban needs to get over it and side with Josh Heupel? I'm with Josh Heupel. I don't care what Nick Saban thinks. Even though I am a defensive guy, I could care less what Nick Saban's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, pretty simple. Simple. <laughs> it's pretty simple, cut and dry. <laughs> This is why this is why I love having Fred on. He's 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 you're so direct. Love it. <laughs> Nick Saban complains about stuff, and then when he realizes it's not going to change, he ends up doing it. He complained about NIL, and they asked Alabama to release the amount of money they gave to athletes in NIL. And they said, "No, we're not going to release those numbers." When Nick Saban was the one that was asking for those numbers to be released, um, same thing with Tempo, which. Do you ever watch Tennessee's offense before we get to four downs? Do you ever watch Tennessee's offense and think, man, those defensive backs have got to be tired? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but I like it, though. I, that's that's one of the things that, as a defensive player, you're always reacting. You know, offensively, you know what you're doing. But if you look at what we did on offense, and we really ran the ball more than we threw it. I mean, okay. we, have, we have more rushing attempts than we have passing attempts. Just the passing attempts were big plays. Hey, man, if you can't stop us, figure out something else. Go play intramurals or something. I don't know. <laughs> 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 you some of those intramural basketball games. Did you ever play intramural basketball? I, n- I didn't play intramural basketball. Well, it was I, so unfair. I used to love to watch it, though. Oh, it was so <laughs> unfair. The football team would fill two teams, and I remember Jermaine Kent. Was one of Joey's little brother. Yeah, one of the best. He would wear these uh, orange and white striped socks and, and climb the ladder and just cram it on people. I was like, "This isn't fair." There's none of nothing about this that's cool. No. Okay, think about this squad. You had Peerless Price, Jermaine Copeland, Al Wilson. You had Dion Grant. You had Sean Ellis. All on one basketball team. Oh God! Now keep in mind. Peerless Price could have went and played basketball out of high school, and he was getting recruited to play just basketball. Deion Grant was an All-American basketball player out of the state of Georgia. And Sean Ellis was a McDonald's All-American basketball player. And lined up against them, you have Bob, Joe, Willie (laughs) from the local frat house. That's going to work out well. I'm just trying to envision driving to the basket and Sean Ellis and Al Wilson on either side of the on, on either block on either side, just ready to ready to play. And I forgot about Andy McCullough. He was a basketball player too. He was a he's a he was an All American basketball player. I remember his him brother. Good, yeah. His brother went to Ohio State and played basketball. His twin brother, by the way. Who yeah. was the defensive tackle, Fred, that ruined it for everybody a few years after you were gone in the middle of the two? Tony McDaniel. Tony McDaniel. Oh, he right. absolutely cold cocked a guy, cheap yeah. shot. And I don't think that the football team was allowed to play anymore, were they? Yeah, I don't know if it was a cheap shot. I just know it was a shot. I just know a lot. I, I just video. know that whatever happened, <laughs> it, it was it was a build up to it. <laughs> he punched little Bobby from Sigma Get Smacked. And he got smacked. I am, not, I am not going there with you, Dave. I'm not doing that. that you're, not, you're not taking me down to your level, Dave. Nope. Yeah, that guy. That show talks like this. Uh, here we go. It's four downs now, and it's brought to you hey, by. Man, we are on the team. We're, on, we're live right now, I, laughing about somebody getting hit. No, man, that's not good. That's not good. No, you're right. You're right. Hey, our All the book. 
for sure. <laughs> I'm sure he's okay. Actually, it was somebody throwing a punch at a fight. I was in that said, I'm not, I'm never getting in a fight because the other guy was hurt so bad. It wasn't me getting hurt. Goodness knows I've been laid out in Cumberland. All right, Four Downs is now brought to you by Bassy Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive. Uh, who's this guy? Hello, Wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. Ooh. A presentation. How about this one? Four Downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. I'm going to ask both of you guys, and then I'll weigh in. I'm going to ask the most important player on offense and defense, but I'm going to qualify it just a little bit. So first down, most important player on offense in spring camp that does not that does not play quarterback. Fred White, would you like to begin, sir? Uh, that's I got to think about that one for a second. That okay, does not get, play quarterback. Does not play quarterback. So we're ruling Nico and Joe out. Uh, Caleb, I'm going to go ahead and go first. I'll go Dylan Sampson. I think you want him to be able to handle pass pro, and I think he's going to be a little bit more electric out of the backfield than Tennessee has otherwise. So I'll go Dylan Sampson. Caleb? I'm going to go Gerald Mincy. I think that Gerald Mincy is the guy that has the chance to – maybe not fully replace Darnell Wright, but mitigate the damage done by losing Darnell Wright because Darnell Wright is just so ridiculously amazing. And so I'm going to go Gerald Mincy. You know, I'm going to go with the guy, the guy who wears my, my number. Oh yeah. And his name is Mr. McCullough. Secondary guy came back for another year. The game should slow down for you. And you should be able to direct what's, what's going on back there in the secondary. Not, not only that, but be the leader of the defense. And they're going to need him to be a leader. And you can be a leader from the safety position. You saw that with Eric Berry. You saw that with Deion Grant. You've seen it with a lot of guys over the years here. So I think him coming back is major, but also having a handle on the defense as well as the leadership role on that defense. It's going to make a difference. Yeah, it is season was kind of sidelined with a really gray area, the felony aggravated assault. I mean, a guy walks mm-hmm. in his girlfriend's room, is her apartment, and then did he chase him down or not? Did the guy run his mouth? I don't know, but it's just a real gray area. So mm-hmm. that, that you know, I, I hope he has a fantastic season because I thought that um, Tennessee rightly so reacted strongly, but I don't know that the kid did anything wrong, to be real honest with you. So, yeah, they – the kid's lucky he was on campus and then walking to anyone else's house at that time of morning. Oh, I yeah. I mean, you, you walk in Dave's house, it's probably having another conversation <laughs> all together, just to be real honest with you. I mean, it's not going to be, too. Yeah, it's not going to be a punch. I'm too old to fight. <laughs> I'm not going to risk losing a fight. So we were saying we actually got a little uh, discombobulated. So first down was going to be offensive player. Second down was going to be defensive player. So Fred jumped. Oh, you said you said offensive player. I didn't hear offense. Come on, that's fine. That's fine. You want to go? You got an offensive player out there? Do I do on offense? I'm I'm looking at um, Squirrel White. I think he's going to be the the key on the offensive side of the ball. I want to see him do very well, but I also need to see what he can do for stretching the defense because losing Jalen. You need someone who can stretch the defense. And it's your time to step up to do so. Okay, so Fred goes Jalen McCullough on defense. 
Um, so it's it's our turn on defense. I'll go Keaton and Pilly, the transfer linebacker from BYU. Mm-hmm. Caleb, Dave, you took mine, but it's okay. <laughs> um, uh, both smart. I, I'm actually going to go. Um, and, and Fred took my other one, so okay. I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick in the secondary. I'm gonna go Gabe Judaliali. I just think Tennessee desperately needs somebody who can be a number one corner, and I think Gabe Judaliali may be their best shot. All right, so four downs brought to you by Vassie Lawn and Garden. They've got the industrial mowers for you, commercial as well, whether you're in Knoxville, Nashville, Chattanooga, it doesn't matter. Vassie Lawn and Garden, man alive, it's worth the drive. So <clears throat> just a little bit of insight. I'm hearing that Ethan Davis is one of the standout guys uh, tied in from, um, from the first week of camp. So I was going to ask you, Fred, Caleb, sorry, I can't ask you this because I'm guessing you never played college football. But Fred, <laughs> best tight end you ever played. Best tight end you ever played. Brought to you by Vassy Lonengard. Best, regardless of level of, of uh, college, me, pro. Whatever. Well, no, give me give me college and pro. How about that? Okay, okay. Best, best college tight end. You guys weren't really major tight ends back then. Nobody really threw the ball to the tight end. That's kind of hard to, you know. I mean, they were mostly blockers back then, but the games evolved. Much. I was trying to think of one too. I mean, the only wins, one I could think, the only one I could think of was slightly after your time. Do you remember Randy McMichael, the tight end? Okay, I like Randy McMichael. He's, yeah, he's from he's from the crib too. He's from Griffin. He was <laughs> yeah. He uh, I like Randy, but it was I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Um, I think Boo Williams that played at Arkansas. Okay. He was a receiver. They moved inside, so I mean, he was he could catch the ball. He got could stretch the field, but outside of that, that I didn't really tight ends weren't getting open like that. Yeah, they didn't want to. They, they weren't they weren't getting the ball like that back then. Uh-huh. Um, best tight end I played overall though, um, Freddie Jones, Freddie Jones, San Diego. Freddie Jones was he, he was uh. He was an all-pro tight end in San Diego. Uh, I don't remember. He's the first guy I ever saw run a double route and made it look so smooth. And while I was laying on the ground gra- grasping for air, he was still running his route. I thought <laughs> I thought I jumped him. Yeah. He ran a stop and go, tight end position, stopped, and he sat like he was just going to be there. And I broke, I broke, tried to break that ball, and he was gone in, a, in an instant. He made me realize when you get to the next level, you got to pay attention to the tight end a lot more. <laughs> it's a little bit. It's a little bit different. This is not college and this is not high school. This is the NFL, son. You got to cover me. <laughs> the, uh, you might feel bad for him because he had to catch passes from Ryan Leaf. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, let me say this, man. Being honest when I say this. He had a better – he was not paid money. He was not. <clears throat> he threw a pretty, prettier ball than Peyton. And I think that I think that San Diego had a lot to do with him being the way he was. He, he came with some of that, but the rest of it was enabled. I don't I don't ever look at Ryan Leaf and say, you know, what happened to him is all his fault. I don't believe that. What's was Fred- I got a chance to be in the locker room with him. Okay. What can what can you tell us about Ryan Leaf? Because a reporter got to be in the locker room with him. Were you there when he got when he screamed at that reporter? I, I, I was there for a few of those. Yeah. That is awesome. All right, story time with Fred. Story time with Fred. Yeah, I mean, but you know, 
I felt like they pushed him too. I, I, I listened to every question. I heard every question that was asked, and he asked the guy to stop, and then he kept going. He kept pushing it, and he kept trying to push that limit. And at some point, he just snapped. But he asked him to stop. He did. He asked someone to stop, and they keep going. And the next thing that happens, you can't control how someone else responds. Well, and, and it's one thing to someone can walk up to you and slap you, but they can't. They can't. They can't get mad at you by, by how you respond. That's how I look at it. No, I, I see that, and it's one thing. Like if I were in your office and you said, "Dave, I'm done with this conversation," that that is essentially his office, the locker room. If it's a mm-hmm. press conference and you're trying to press because this is something off the field, I can see pressing in that situation in a press conference, and then it's up to the player to walk away. But you're sitting in his office, the locker room, so you've got to be you've got to be respectful. And, and, and everybody's in the locker room here. I heard every question, so. Thank God Junior say I was there because he kind of broke it up. He told, you know, he pushed him apart, grabbed Ryan, and he told the reporter, man, you got to leave the locker room. You know, it was just, I got a lot of respect for Ryan. I just, I know a lot of things that I don't, I won't, they'll be in my book. Well, um, yeah, I'll give you that because I've heard of a lot of players who have actually crumbled playing for San Diego because the organization was just so, so a mess. And it was very, it was very much so a miss. And I've heard them, and I heard Arizona. I actually have heard Raynock Thompson talk about how, I think it was Raynock Thompson talk about how mess of a franchise Arizona was during mm. that time too. I, I, had a, that. Uh, I had a quarterback that wanted to punch me once, but it was Rick Clawson. I think I could have taken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be real honest. I felt pretty good about where I was where I was standing at that time. Um, fourth down, <laughs> so the, the tight ends are breaking out mustaches. That's what they're doing for spring camp. <laughs> Fred's look was great. I'm not talking about Fu Manchus or the full beard like Fred and Caleb have. I'm talking about they're breaking out the mustaches. You can check out on the YouTube channel. Jacob Warren is rocking the mustache, <laughs> not the full beard. I was like, what is? why does he look different? What's going on when we did the, the Vol Report brought to you by Bassie Lawn and Garden? So, uh, Fred, the coolest facial hair is? You're going full beard. Are you going to say full beard? I apologize. I don't know what happened there. The best facial hair is full beard. You've got a full beard. Full beard. All right, Caleb. I mean, I got to be biased, right? Full beard, obviously. <laughs> Mine's no beard because it's white. Fred, yours is getting a little, uh, a little frosty. Oh, yes. It's got some. It's got some some frost on there. By the way, I need to go back to that question. You said tight ends. The best tight end, I one of the most talented tight ends I ever played with is Dustin Moore. Oh, yeah. He's one of the most talented tight ends I've ever played against. No question. Played with. That- I remember watching him as a freshman that we were doing seven, seven on seven drills. And here I am a freshman. I'd never been out there with those guys before. And the first impression I see is a 6'4", 250-pound guy run a post at the tight end position, cast the ball and split the safeties. And I was thinking to myself, this ain't, this is not supposed to be happening. This this is, this guy's too big to be running that fast. But he was very talented. No, he was freaky. He was yeah. he was freaky, scary, athletic, and can't it was, seems like off field issues got in his way, but he I think he would have had a very successful NFL career. I can't remember yeah. exactly, but yeah, that was 
he was a beast. Yeah, one of the best athletes out there. How do people get in touch with you for their all-state insurance needs, Fred? Just give us a call at 770-381-0367. Or you can also look us up online at fredwideallstate.com. Um, we'd love to be able to help you with your questions with any insurance needs that you have. Life insurance, home, auto, your boats, is boat season, as well as ATVs. So give us a call. Look forward to helping you. Need a boat. <laughs> You'll be in good hands, even though I couldn't catch in college. I can catch now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say you couldn't catch it. I don't remember you dropping one. Did you drop one? No, I never dropped one. Okay. The, one the, the one that touched my hands was an inception. The one? Is there only yeah. one? There was only one. Because I was trying to knock guys out, babe. I wasn't trying to catch interceptions. I wanted to make sure you never came across the middle looking again. And that, no, actually that was my thought process. Which game did you get the interception? I'm trying to remember. I can't. Vanderbilt, 98 at Vanderbilt. That, that doesn't count. It no. does count. Who, who was it that laid we that? Shut them, we, we shut them out. It was zero points on the board. Who was it that laid that insane hit in that Vanderbilt game that re- resulted in a fumble touchdown? That's the one. Harry Westmoreland. That was Westmoreland that laid that hit? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the one play I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. Zolman left his guy out pick it up. <laughs> Yep. That was, that was a nice hit. <laughs> I don't know what the quarterback saw. Why was he throwing the ball there? But nah. yeah, I guess he didn't think he was going to knock his head off. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not, Fred. Great stuff, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, have a great weekend, man. Uh, you too, buddy. Fred White. You guys have a good one. Go balls, baby. Thanks, buddy. Oops, cut Fred off early. Fred White, uh, Fred White Allstate. Google him. Get insurance if you're in the Georgia area. You'll be very happy that you did. That, uh, yeah. Wasn't trying to catch balls. Just trying to make sure that everybody was afraid to go over the middle. You need some more of those guys nowadays. Everybody wants to be a superstar. Catch. You got to cover the best one because you were covering the 2001 Florida game. Remember when the hit Eddie Moore laid, when Rex Grossman just laid his receiver out to dry? (laughs) It was. Is that 2001? That was 2001. Grossman was being pressured. And rather than just take the sack or throw it away, he underhands the ball to a guy, one of his receivers over the middle, just right where Eddie Moore is. Uh, oh, so that was the game at Florida. That was the game at Florida, yeah. I have to be honest with you, Caleb. I mean, Caleb has an incredible memory, first of all. He remembers more about some games that I covered in person than I do. But that game in particular, they were doing renovations on Florida's press box, and I had to watch from the sidelines. And I don't know if you ever watched the whole game from the sidelines, you basically have no idea what's going on. Oh, I hate watching games from sideline. <laughs> I mean, I would walk up and down and was completely, absolutely lost. Travis says that's where he came to our sideline. Is that true? Did he go to the wrong sideline? Eddie Moore went to the wrong sideline? or No, the yeah. guy hit. Oh, the, uh, Maybe. I don't know. I know that it stopped the game for a minute. It was – that was the game that really exposed that you knew Rex Grossman wasn't really cut out to be a great quarterback because every time he was under pressure, he tried to force a pass or tried to force a play. And it was just, it was bad. Um, you know, he, it was, a, it was the most plastic 350 yards I've ever seen in, in passing. Who was better at the podium yesterday? Was it Joe Milton, the third, second junior Esquire, the eighth? Or was it Nico? We'll discuss right after this. Two minutes off the sports. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Sun, sand, and salt water. The beach is a very relaxing place. 
unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasty Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasty, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Chattanooga, we're at it again. For the fifth year in a row, you voted us best of the best criminal and DUI law firm. And finalists for best law firm and best personal injury firm. Thank you for the love, Chattanooga. We won't let you down. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who's this guy? Hello, wizard. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. What? YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. Back to Dave Hooker. So let's go back and check the poll question quickly. Because I think people were a lot more supportive this morning after having slept on it of Rick Barnes than maybe Caleb and I have been. It's trending on Twitter, by the way, Owls at Volunteers. So not only is Tennessee out of the tournament, but they're one of the stories of the tournament because Two things. It was an upset and the way they lost. And now Florida Atlantic will be kind of the uh, in vogue sort of team that I think people will start to root for, which, again, is just going to be another brutal reminder that uh, Tennessee is not in the tournament. So, But let's go to our uh, today's tough question 
which we posted earlier this morning. If you're not on the Twitter, follow us, OTH Sports Media or The Dave Hooker. We're with you each and every weekday at 10 o'clock Eastern time. So the question we asked today is thoughts on the balls losing in the Sweet 16. Great job, Rick Barnes. Same old Rick Barnes. Replace Rick Barnes. Same old Rick Barnes gets 49% of the vote. Replace Rick Barnes, just 6% of the vote. But it seems to be the pervasive thought among our message board posters today. And then great job, Rick Barnes gets 44% of the vote. So hit that thumbs up button. We greatly appreciate that. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you have got to do that. And I just got corrected. I think... Billy Bob, are you correcting me on how to pronounce Ia Amuleva's name? Because this is straight from his mouth. Ia Maleava. Ia Maleava. See? That's from him. All right. So, I was a little bit surprised that Nico Ia Maleava. was available for interviews yesterday. True freshman, and that's typically... Not the type of guys that Josh Heupel likes to trot out there, but this is now year three in Heupel's transformation of the program, so he wants to make those guys available, and he'd be well-suited to do that so they're comfortable speaking in public. They're very different. Nico Younger, and I think really focused on the task at hand, where Joe Milton, you would expect, is more comfortable. I also think he's not like Hendon Hooker. I think he's a great leader, but I think he's more along the lines of uh, kind of a happy-go-lucky guy, and I don't mean that to sound like an insult. So i just ask you this. Who was the more impressive of the two quarterbacks at the podium? Was it Joe Milton III or Nico? Who are you taking, Caleb? I'm not trying to be biased because I'm the one who wrote about him, but I'm taking Joe Milton the third. And the biggest reason I'm taking Milton, and it wasn't that Nico Iamaliava wasn't impressive. It was that you saw with Joe Milton the third a level of consistency of I don't want to give myself credit for what I don't want to talk about what I my failures of the past, but I don't want to give myself credit for the past either. So he completely he was con- consistently like, I don't want to talk about the Orange Bowl. I'm moving on. That game is let it be. It happened. It's three it, months ago. Three months ago. And he was awesome in that game. And he doesn't want to talk about it. He's he's thinking forward. And you know, you I I I know of some people, and I know you do too, Dave, who when you talk about their past, they'll say, I only talk about the positives. And as if or as the if future. Yeah. Uh, or, 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 exactly. And they only say they want to talk about the future when you're asking about the negatives of their past. But you ask about the positives of their past, they're more than willing to talk about it. But Joe Milton was very clear that. None of that matters now. It's new year, new team, everything. I'm going to say Nico because he is uh, an 18, 19-year-old kid, and he is suddenly thrust in front of this podium, and we're still in this gray area. We don't know what to think about NIL. Largely rumored and believed that he got $8 million to come to Tennessee. He was asked about that. He basically dismissed it and said, next question. Now, you're not going to be able to play that card, that next question card, for a long time. And I'm sure um, it it was Jimmy Himes who asked the question, uh, who we look forward to him working with us in the very near future. But you can't play that card over and over. You can't just dismiss questions. So, And I'm I'm, I'm sure that most reporters wouldn't. I wouldn't appreciate that for an 18-year-old guy just saying next question. So I thought that was... 
a little big-headed of him, but he didn't really know what to say. I think Tennessee Sports Information Department could have coached him up a little bit better. It's pretty easy to say when, when somebody says, the NIL, does that increase expectations? Here's the easy answer. I mean, this is PR 101. The expectations for my player are always incredibly high. Nothing really changes that. I want to go out and be the best I can for my teammates. I want to go out and be the best I can for the University of Tennessee. These fans mean too much to me and my family to not go out there and have high expectations. Boom. I've done. It's like I've been in a press conference before. I mean, how awesome would that be, Caleb? Somebody came out and just said that. No, it would be more awesome as if he said, yeah, I got $8 million, but I'm going to play hard for it. That, that would be the best part of it. Uh, if he said, I got $8 million and I'm mailing it in this offseason, yeah. and I'm going to go get $8 million from somebody else pretty quick. I mean, I mean no, if you're going to make him available, coach him up a little bit. Well, the thing is, Tennessee's not – they're not great. This comes from the top, and I, I love Josh Heupel, and he speaks to the media all the time. And one of the things, before I get, go to this point, I got to give Josh Heupel credit letting freshmen talk to the media. I'm sorry. I've dealt with way too many coaches that are so cagey that won't even let their seniors talk to the media on certain times. And so you got to give Josh Heupel a lot of credit for that. I think Josh Heupel himself struggles when he speaks at times. Remember last year when he was asked about the Jimmy Banks situation and he really did. He, he he gave a, he, he did not give a straight answer. He didn't stutter or anything, but he definitely fumbled the response. He was just like, yeah, you know, we just have expectations in our program, yada, yada, yada. And so I think that it comes from the top, not being able to deal with tough questions. with that. Okay, but let me let me argue that point. A little pushback here. I think Josh Heupel, and I hate it, does a masterful job of answering questions by not answering questions. Well, he, acts, he basically, he was trying to cover and protect Jeremy Banks in that response, but he basically admitted what we all knew about Jeremy Banks in that response. Yeah, but as a whole, I, so you might as well just say Jeremy Banks bought Hinton Hooker that week. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't think he wants things going on. Uh, he doesn't want things out that are going on in the locker room. I don't think they show a lot. I, I've talked to a couple of the high school coaches that have been there for the coaches clinic that they have around spring. They're not showing anything. They're not showing anything to the media. So I think that's his mantra. And <clears throat> Let's face it. I mean, they're, I think they're overly paranoid. And I think Hypel is to some extent because of what went down at Oklahoma. And I think they feel like they're on the front edge of something and they don't want to give anything away. And I think that's the mindset. So I actually think he's really good. Again, I hate it, but I think he's really good at not answering, but answering at the same time. I get nothing out of his 10 minute press conference that he does weekly. Zero. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on how from a media perspective, we take we we like it because by not answering the Jimmy Banks question, we got our answer. By the way he answered it, we got our answer, even if he didn't directly answer it. I'm just saying I don't know if that was his intent. Now I will say that's better than saying Jeremy Banks fell on a helmet. <laughs> True, which which Jones did, and then and then going out on on, on lashing out at the media saying, What type what do we want from our media? And you know, well, I don't think he blatantly lies, and I also don't think, from from all of my knowledge, that he tries to placate the media or tries to air quote work with them. I don't think he does any of that stuff. I just think he's straightforward and he's not going to tell you some of the things you want to know. But 
I respect and understand that. I don't have a major problem with that. No, I don't have an issue with it. I wasn't saying I have an issue. I was just saying that I think it's um, – I think the way he answered that is why Nico – would you could see him fumbling a question like this one. I mean, look, if it were me, I'd be in so much trouble because – but this is just because I'm a media guy on the other end, so I do like to be direct. But I would just be straight up, I made $8 million, and there's a lot of pressure, but I'm, I'm going to try to live up to it. But I, – I, I wouldn't have him available. Uh, I thought he did a great job as an 18-year-old, and they wanted to trot out some freshmen throughout, and they did so earlier with the defensive players and then Nico. And I thought it was odd that they brought Joe Milton out, who's not a freshman, obviously, but it almost seemed like they wanted to make things look even. Listen, I think the competition is dead even. I didn't need to see Joe Milton out there to think that. Um, But he doth that protest too much. They run Joe Milton out there the same day that freshmen are going to be out there. They not want Joe to have his feelings hurt. They not want it to look like Nico could win this thing. Am I being too conspiracy theorist here after one week of spring camp? Again, I just, from everything I hear, he's going to push Joe Milton. I don't hear he's going to win the job, but he's going to push. Well, and I would say that win or lose, that's the best thing for Joe Milton. I mean, if you're if you're trying to make it to the NFL, don't you want to be pushed? No, agreed. There there are people there that think that Nico is perfect because he's he's good enough and he's explosive enough that he will push Joe Milton and be in the next Anthony Richardson. I mean, we know you know the stories more than I do, probably, but I do know the stories of Brandon Stewart pushing Peyton Manning. I think didn't Peyton Manning purposely lock him out of the film room one year? Heard that. <laughs> heard that. Don't know if that's true, but I I definitely heard that. So. I think they love what they've got in Nico right now. No, I, I agree. I think there's going to be – what I break with you is even if even if Nico – even if, if it's close and even – I know a lot of people say go with Nico, he's a freshman, but I think there is a whole having the locker room. And I just think Joe has the locker room. It just seems like – I totally I, agree. I hear you talk to Cooper and Jacob Ward, and they just seem to love Joe Milton. They seem like they, they're ready to run through a brick wall for him the same way they were for Hendon Hooker. And I think it resonates with a lot of the team that Joe Milton loses his starting job and he stays. He says, I'm going to stay in this era of transfer portals where he could have gone anywhere. He says, I'm going to stay and develop behind Hendon Hooker, and I'll be ready for this job again when it comes. 110% agree. I would say this, though, that Cooper, Jacob, or whoever, they want to be winners first and foremost. So if Joe Milton were to throw three interceptions and Tennessee loses to Florida, I'm not speaking on their behalf, but I think most players would be like, oh, let's give this Nico a shot. I think that's what would happen. We we've seen that though. I mean, I'm with you, but I mean, I go back to 2005 where I know a lot of the players wanted to stick with Rick Clawson, and you cover that whole quarterback controversy with Rick and Eric Ainge. That was a mess. It was a mess, and Rick had one comeback win against LSU, and everybody loved him. But then they stuck with Rick the next three to four weeks, and the offense was poor. And it had nothing to do with rotating quarterbacks because Rick was in the whole time. He just Nick Saban was kind of right at LSU. He just couldn't consistently start in the SEC. Well the, pro- well, the problem with that is the coaches wanted Eric Ainge and the players wanted Rick Clawson. But by that point, the coaches got fully behind Rick Clawson after the LSU game, after that LSU comeback, mm. didn't they? Mm. I, they don't, I don't know that they were ever fully behind. Well, when I say coaches, let's just call it who it is. Philip Fulmer 
is going to be a guy that's going to err on the side of talent. And I, neither one of us would argue that Eric Ainge wasn't immensely more talented than Rick Clawson, right? Yes. Yeah, I think, more. I think at the end of the day, he wanted Eric Ainge to be the guy he had decided. I don't know if there were any recruiting promises made, but I can just tell you that he erred on the side of talent. But I, what I would go with is I, I, I I can't believe I'm doing this. I, I think Fulmer may have been right because we watched Tennessee with Rick Clawson starting the whole game against Ole Miss, the whole game against Georgia, and the whole game against Alabama. I mean, that Alabama game was horrible. That 6-3 to three game, remember that? That's the worst game I think I've ever had to witness. Now, I, I felt like that coaching staff lacked conviction. I think you should either just say, hey, we're going Ainge, we're going Clawson, and that's the way it's going to be. Um, there was some flopping back and forth. I agree that Rick was was limited, but his teammates loved him. So basically what you're talking about, Joe Milton would be the Rick Clawson this year, and Nico uh, would be the Eric Ainge. Yes. And even and you though- hope it doesn't play out that way, obviously, right. if you're if you're a Tennessee fan, but that that would be the comparison. And and it's a weak comparison to some extent because I mean Joe Milton's about a hundred times more physically gifted than Rick Clawson. Oh, yeah. Joe Milton's got, again, he's got a cannon for an arm. He's also, I think you're going to see a little bit more of this year with Milton. You can see a lot of north-south. You can use Milton's legs more than you can use Hooker without fear of him getting hurt because he's so much bigger. He can he can withstand more punishment in the running game. Yep. Have a fantastic day, everyone. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. For more on the balls, including some baseball coverage over the weekend and uh, our thoughts on Tennessee's uh, spring practice, which will culminate its first week in a practice on Saturday. We'll have the coverage right here. For Caleb, I'm Dave, a presentation of Off the Hooks. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.